it's gonna be a really neat behind the scenes. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. Because something always magical happens. Wait, what? Did you just make that up? Hey, it's Meredith For Real, The Curious Introvert. Listen each week as I talk with someone new. The topics are as ADD as I am, but they'll inspire you to stay curious and grow. Big thanks to our location sponsor, the UWF Historical Trust. Hi, I'm Meredith, and I hate networking. I've always felt like it was being in a room of people who were walking around with nets behind their backs, pretending they weren't trying to catch the other person in their net. Get it? Networking? Yeah, welcome to my brain. It felt predatory, not genuine, and like the seventh circle of small talk hell. You know, introvert problems. In this episode, I'm going to share tips for networking as an introvert. But don't worry, my extroverted or ambiverted friends, there are plenty of nuggets in here for you too. I'm going to be sharing my tips within the story of my own journey as well, going from hating networking to um, hating it less. That's not really true. Sometimes it actually is pretty cool. Also, if you are new here, welcome. I started this podcast in 2019 as a platform for curiosity and personal growth. Normally, I talk with the most interesting people that you've probably never heard of and share their story and we learn something. But today, you're hearing from me, which actually, if you're new, you've also probably never heard of me. So, hi, nice to meet you. And if you're a returning listener, you guys are seriously the best. I love the feedback that you give me on the episodes and the input for new ones. Your input actually helped shape this episode, and I'm seriously grateful. It's also important to note that the definition of introvert for this episode may not be what you think it is. A lot of people use introversion as a synonym for shyness. Here, um, I'm talking about the definition by which a person gains or loses energy. So if you gain more energy by being around people and stimulating environments, you know, like the mall, you might be more extroverted. If you gain energy from being alone and in minimally stimulating environments like nature, you might be more introverted. So tip number one for networking as an introvert is use the power of noticing. Notice what environments, people, and experiences cause you to gain or drain energy. Really none of the other tips on how to network as an introvert are going to work if you don't do this. So just get in the habit of asking yourself, is this gaining or draining? It'll help you establish a valuable baseline. Okay, so my childhood. It all started in my childhood. I'm actually not kidding. (laughs) Introverts are made, people. They're not born. And yours truly was also born with an extra strength overthinker. This made slow summer afternoons where I complained, I'm bored, extra complicated when my mom would reply, why don't you call so-and-so and invite her over to play? Immediately, my mind would think, but what would we do? How long would we hang out? What if we run out of things to talk about? Needless to say, I hung out with my dog a lot. Ironically, when I turned 20, I decided to start a Mary Kay business, aka a network marketing business. If you're not familiar with the selling strategy of this particular direct selling business, it's more appointment-based and in-person versus the online influencer style that a lot of them are now. So the good news for me was that these were one-hour-ish sessions with a clear beginning, middle, and end, where 
the other person or people weren't staring at me the whole time because they were putting on eyeliner or washing their face. Tip number two, if you're wanting to improve your networking skills, you do not have to dive into a formal business card exchanging setting. Choose a gathering with a clear beginning, middle, and end. You know, like a baby shower. You can practice all your networking skills with the comfort of knowing soon the mom-to-be will be awkwardly opening her baby shower gifts in front of everyone, and you'll be off the hook. So the bad news was I was still so nervous at these appointments that I would pit out all of my clothes and often repeat the same question. You should have seen the look of pity and concern on their face the second time I asked, so did you grow up here? (laughs) The good news for me is exposure therapy can work. I realized that despite my sweaty armpit clothes, I had the ability to make other people feel at ease pretty quickly. Instant rapport became my superpower. So tip number three for networking as an introvert, identify your superpower. I've noticed that we introverts have many special powers. Many of us are keyed into the subtleties of voice tone, body language, and even the way things are worded. This set of observational skills makes us, a lot of us anyway, great at mirroring the nonverbal technique where a person copies the body language, vocal qualities, or attitude of another person. It's a great thing. Unless you accidentally take on the accent of the other person, that is very awkward. (laughs) So maybe your superpower is mirroring. Maybe people have told you you have a calming presence or that you're funny, find your superpower. And when you're in a networking situation, lead with that, lead with your superpower. So as I said, instant rapport is my superpower. That is most of the time. Intimidation at that time was still my kryptonite. It can still be today too. But back then there were certain professions or educational levels that just fried my brain. I remember I was in a conversation and I said, well, what do you do for a living? And she said, I'm a lawyer. And I was like, cool. Yeah. So thankfully I got help. At my next Mary Kay training meeting, I asked a fellow consultant for advice. I asked her, what can I say as a follow-up when people tell me they are in the military? She explained that I could ask what branch they were in or what they do in the military. It had honestly never occurred to me to ask someone what they did in the military. For some reason, they military, like it's a verb or something. Then I asked someone in the medical field for an intelligent sounding question to the follow-up of, I'm a doctor or I'm a nurse. I put these tips to use right away and they did wonders for my rapport building and my underarm sweat. So tip number four, keep a Swiss army knife of questions on you at all times because If networking is about connecting, conversation is the bridge. And if you're an introvert, you likely hate small talk. But guess what? Nearly everybody else does too. They just don't feel it as deeply in their souls as we do. But by having a Swiss army knife of questions on you, you'll not only make your networking experience more tolerable for you, but also more life-giving to the person who talks to you which will make you more memorable, which is a great benefit of networking in the first place, right? So what are some of these questions? I have picked four that I think will be easy to remember. 
Number one, it's my favorite. The question is, what do you specialize in? I'm telling you, I find this question works for almost any profession. I'm a doctor. What do you specialize in? I'm a mechanic. What do you specialize in? I'm an engineer. I'm an artist. And even the dreaded, I'm a consultant. We never know how to respond to that, right? Try, what do you specialize in? It works really good. Question number two, what did you do before you were a fill in the blank, before you were a consultant? Just be sure to ask this long after you've shown interest in their current position. Otherwise, it can be interpreted as saying their current career is boring and you don't want to talk about it. It's a great question, though, because it peels back the layers of who people are. People are more nuanced than their current job title, but they don't always get an opportunity to share about the other sides of themselves. So I find people really enjoy this conversation. It can even take you back to what your first job was. Question three, what kind of projects have you been working on lately? This doesn't work for every profession, but it can work for a lot of them. Um, So keep that one in mind when you're talking with someone and see if you just need to tweak the wording a little bit to match what their profession is, but it gives the person an opportunity to open up and share what they're passionate about, about their job. Question four, how do you know, insert name of host? This can begin your detective search for common ground, and it's a great question to keep in your back pocket for networking in non-professional settings. And just for giggles, here are four statements that you may want to avoid. Again, uh, I'm going to start with my favorite, or should I say unfavorite. This statement in response to what you do for a living. Oh God, I could never do what you do. This, folks, is not a compliment. Do not say this. (laughs) You think it's a compliment, but it really makes everyone feel bad. I used to think that only certain professions like, say, mental health workers or prison guards would get this reply to their profession being announced. But actually, a lot of professions get this response and it's just not helping anyone. So let's just get rid of it. Statement two to avoid is breaking the ice with a complaint. For example, oh, I hate these sort of events. You don't really want to start off on a negative foot. Number three, reacting with any stereotype. Now, I get this one somewhat frequently when people ask where I'm from. I'm from Nebraska. Their reply, oh, was your backyard a cornfield? Which actually it was, but not the point here. The point is you're not helping the conversation. It's a conversation killer. Statement four to avoid is asking what their spouse does in response to them sharing what they do. I would really like to hear from my male listeners to know if any of y'all have this experience because I've only ever experienced it myself and met other women who have experienced this. What I mean is when you tell someone what you do and it's something, especially in the creative space, let's say you say, I'm an artist and they say, oh, what does your husband do? Do you see now why this is a sentence you would want to avoid? It's pretty insulting. So anyway, fast forward a few years. I was going through a stressful divorce. I mean, I guess all divorce is stressful, right? Of course. But I point out the stress because stress can amplify our quirks and our needs, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. 
For example, if you're extra stressed and you're an introvert, you might require more time alone. If you're an extrovert experiencing stress, you might really need to go blow off steam at the club. Hey everyone, just a quick interruption to show gratitude to our sponsors and give you some special deals. The UWF Historical Trust. We shoot the show at the Museum of Commerce and the Pensacola Museum of History. And it's not just an amazing step back into the 18 and 1900s, but it's an event space too. And because they love creative collaborations and have spaces for all party sizes, they're pretty much the perfect venue to make your event stand out. So if you need a unique space in downtown Pensacola, take a look at historicpensacola.org. And if you want to tour one of the 12 museums, get your tickets in person so you can show the agent one of my emails and get $2 off an adult ticket. Get emails by texting REAL to 66866. It seems like no one can agree on anything nowadays, but I have found the unifier to unite us all. Mosquitoes suck. Mine were so bad, they were in my car. Have you ever tried to swat a mosquito while driving? Not advised. Insect has been great because they guarantee their work and pollinator care is always top of mind. If you live in the Florida Panhandle or the Gulf Coast of Alabama, give them a call, ensec.net. Now back to the show. So something to be aware of. Anyway, I got a part-time job as an executive admin assistant for a business broker. He was an extrovert and a master networker. He was also a super kind man who was patient with my heightened state of intro quirks. Get it? Introverted quirks? Yeah, t-shirt coming soon. Anyway, these quirks were extra noticeable when I realized that part of my job was attending networking events with him and it did not mean I got to hide in the corner and take notes. He was a natural mentor and saw an opportunity to socialize my weird little self So I had to stand up and introduce myself at these meetings. I had to eat in front of other people and make meaningful small talk. And the most of these people, they were men. And I had only been comfortable connecting with women up until this point. So it was just terrifying, the whole thing. And I'm laughing inside a little because I can just feel your puzzled expression now for those of you that have been listening a while or know me personally, thinking, how could Meredith be so shy or how could she be such a spaz? Well, you know, hi. (laughs) Tip number five is look at the layers. I'm layered. People are layered. Paradox exists in all humans. If you think someone is one dimensional, I promise you, you just haven't asked enough questions. So... Seeing my panic about not getting to be invisible at these events, Mike explained that networking is simply about connecting with others. He showed me that it's showing you care about the person before you care about the bottom line. And he lived that. Even when he was late, which was always, uh, he would stop and pivot towards you and greet you by name. I later learned this is called the big baby pivot. So tip number six for introvert for networking as an introvert is use the big baby pivot to make yourself and those around you feel important and at ease. Now this name comes from the reaction given when a cute baby toddles into a group of adults. Almost always the adults will do a complete body turn towards the baby and offer a big welcoming smile. Now you would think as an introvert this would be horrible, but try it. 
In addition to making the other person feel like you're a long lost childhood friend, I suspect that it tricks your own brain into similar feelings, which can put you at ease and get genuine conversation flowing. Now, Mike would also insist that I begin emails with the person's name and well wishes before I dove into what I needed. So it would be, hi, Steve, it was great seeing you at the city council meeting yesterday versus send me the transcript you promised as soon as you can. He would say, put the person first, a phrase that I remembered when networking. It wasn't about a transaction, whether it be a business card, leads, or in some case, the transaction was just surviving the event until it was over. It was about the other person. And that was a thought that I could get on board with. Additionally, because of him being a business broker, we interacted a lot with lawyers and other high-level educated people. This became an invaluable sample of that population, which helped me realize that just because someone has a PhD doesn't make them superior to you. I was insecure about their education compared to mine, but I got the sense that in some cases they were insecure about things they thought I was really good at that they weren't. I realize this is actually true of every human and just because you don't have a framed certificate for your abilities does not mean they're less admired. Fast forward to when I moved from Nebraska to Florida. Good things were happening in my life and I was beginning to see the world as less scary and a less judgmental place. I was beginning to realize that, well, nobody thinks about me as much I think about me, so I might as well get out of my head because that thing I was insecure about Nobody was noticing. They were too busy thinking about the thing they were insecure about. So tip number seven, no one thinks about you as much as you think about you. My first month of living here, my new neighbor gave me a VIP ticket to a ribbon cutting of Blue Cross Blue Shield Retail Center. I immediately felt several reasons I did not need to do that. And I say felt and not thought because when you're an anxious introvert, that's where you make decisions in your feeler. But anyway, I then remembered my promise to myself to say yes to more things when I had moved here. So I said yes. And it was awkward. I pretended to read brochures I wasn't interested in. I mean, it was a health insurance company. And I ate cantaloupe that really wasn't that good. But it was there that I was scouted by my modeling agency, which has led to countless unique and paid experiences. I've been paid to swim with dolphins, play on boats, ride wave runners, and be a mermaid. I mean, how great is that? All because I said yes and ate some crappy cantaloupe. Tip number eight, when you're feeling freaked out, leverage all your FOMO. Fear of missing out, although negative, can put enough get up and go to get you to step outside your comfort zone. Now I've lived in Florida for over a decade and I'm no longer in a physical networking group, but I found benefits in a few of the virtual ones since the pandemic and the rules are about the same, which leads me to the rule I have for myself and tip number nine, strategize your energy reserve. I strategize with my energy reserve not against it, and certainly not within the framework of what I think my energy reserve should be, which has changed since the pandemic. So I do this by choosing the most potentially meaningful networking events versus all of the networking events. 
being aware that an event is my only networking event for that week, for example, I'm less likely to to hold back on putting myself out there because I feel secure knowing I will have the opportunity to refuel my energy. Tip number 10 and the last tip for networking as an introvert today. It turns out people will think you are the most interesting person if you get them to talk about themselves the whole time. So if shyness is a part of your introversion, this is an amazing superpower that will make you the life of the party. I hope you found these tips helpful. The world the world really needs introverts and extroverts and everyone in between. So lead with curiosity, stay curious, and grow. Seriously, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Some of the tips I shared today can be found in the book, How to Talk to Anyone by Leal Lowndes. You can get the cliff notes to this episode via email by texting REAL, R-E-A-L, to 66866 if you're in the U.S. And if you're elsewhere on planet Earth, you can go to meredithforreal.com. And if you liked this episode, you'll also like the one where I share my personal mental health hacks. It's episode 63. Stay tuned next week when I share another solo episode on an area of expertise that you requested. Talk to you next week.